This is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. A weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together. Make us happy. Make us whole. Make us human. Hey guys, this is Joy. And this is Claire. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Welcome back. It's Thursday. We're so happy that you're here. I can't believe we've all been podcasting for nine years. It is. Is that too long? Like sometimes I wonder, you know how shows run, like shows run for 10 years. Right. Like Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. And and you're like, like, you're like, it's, it's been too long. (laughs) How many cast members can you kill off? We promise to never kill off a cast member. (laughs) That's a good point. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this will become the truest true crime podcast. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> what if one day we just parlayed it into a true crime podcast? Par- par- what if we just like decided to all of a sudden to start be like, doing true crime? Yeah, wouldn't that be funny if all of a sudden we're murdering like- your co-host? That would be a very meta. That's like a concept for that a nonfiction was- pod or a fiction pod nonfiction <laughs> for a that- fiction podcast right there, like. That like a murder be... mystery podcast where yeah. they, you murder your co-host. That would be so meta because it started out as just a fun, flighty. Right. And now you're investigating the murder of your own podcast co-host that you secretly murdered. <laughs> Lifestyle bloggers. Trademarking that idea right here, right now. <sighs> strangled by a, what would be a funny thing to be strangled by as an influencer? Strangled a microphone by board. A... Oh, this is getting real weird. But you know what? I, do you, what do you think Legend about? Legend over the head of the jade roller. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, you froze your skin off because you put too many products yeah. on it. Yeah. Poisoned um, by microgreens powder. <laughs> You'd never know. The options are endless, really, to kill off a coworker. Let's not go there. <laughs> uh, this is feeling really like nine to five where they put whatever in his drink. I know you don't like true crime because you're like, it just kind of stresses you out. Like you wouldn't watch like a murder documentary. You wouldn't watch no. a, a spooky show. You wouldn't watch. Definitely not. Yeah. Scary things. And I always find it very interesting. And so we have a lot of things to talk about as it relates to Eliza Schlesinger, Eliza Schlesinger's. We just saw her comedy show last night and she talked a little bit about this, but basically it's like, you know, why are white women so fascinated and so addicted to true crime? Why do we, why? It's very interesting know. to me. And, and and so I don't know. That's a bigger question for another day. But I okay, think- actually, do you follow? Oh, my gosh. There are so many wholesome people on Instagram these days that I really just am enjoying it. Like the algorithm has finally stopped showing me like people that, that I hate and started showing oh, good. Me Jeffrey Marsh. No, Jeffrey Marsh is so wonderful. They are a non-binary influencer, I guess you would just call them. They had a video the other day that was like, I know. And it's like, starts out very lighthearted and then always quickly is like, hey, don't forget, you can wear glitter eyeliner if you want, because you are worthy of love and acceptance. And no one can take that away from you. And the way, but the way that they say it, you're like, oh my God, I'm hearing this for the first time. Like, yeah, you feel it like, guys, check out this person because it, they are really quite something. But they had one the other day here at, says, I know why you like true crime, and I do too. It's because you feel less alone hearing about someone else go through something horrible all alone. Yeah, I don't think that's wrong. And, yeah, and it says, it feels like the chaos and evil of the world is not just yours. It didn't just happen to you because you are singularly horrible. It could happen to anyone. So yeah. there is a deep take. 
There's a very deep take by Jeffrey Marsh. I think that we like to compare. And I think Mm -hmm. that the social media world, which that's kind of like a side topic for a second, because I also want to talk about what Eliza said about that. But I think that we like to compare. We like to compare. We like to kind of see where we stand. And we I, I think there's an element of like, how did this happen to this person? And how can I avoid it? I don't know. There's probably a lot of different reasons why people like it. I think I always have a hard time because I always think about the victims. And it's just like, I don't love like if you were a victim of a crime, and there's very few and it can't shut up on a podcast. Like, Oh, my God, I I would be I would be furious. I remember I had never listened to my favorite murder, which right was like the original true crime podcast, or one of the originals. I had never listened to them until you and Julie Bauer and I went and saw them in person. And I just remember sitting in the audience thinking like, this is it. This is the whole show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reading. Right. They're just reading about crimes. Crime news reports. Yeah. The only real, I guess, real crimes podcast that I will listen to now, I try to be mindful of the victims that I'm like, I don't want to use someone else's pain for entertainment. I think that feels really icky. So I only listen to real crime profiles, which is actually a podcast by an FBI profiler and people in the field who have actually like prosecuted crimes and work very closely with victims and know how to speak about it from really honoring the victim standpoint and then confronting Columbine or like the whole series of that, um, that show, which also was confronting OJ. So like the whole confronting series or it's from the voices of the victims. And that to me is a really important thing to switch. I think that's right, to have that perspective that they're well, going to tell their story on their yes, own. Yes. And it's on their, their terms. For them. Yeah. Yeah. It's on their terms. They get to decide to decide how and when. And I, I've kind of like made it my like new rule of I'm not going to be listening to these true crimes. Like I, I, and I get frustrated and I know this is just something I can't control, but like all of the top podcasts are true crime stories like Crime Junkie, uh, Morbid, My Favorite Murder. Like those are the top three and they're all just regurgitating people's pain. And I know that there are some episodes where they will, will talk like, like with a victim of a crime and a survivor. And I think that that's great and all, but I, I mean, I just have a hard time, I think, because I watch this and I'm like, well, what does this say about us as a culture that we're kind of just like drawing this entertainment for, you know, we're trying people's pain for our entertainment. And so that's kind of something that I'm trying to be mindful of as I'm, you know, consuming content and giving these people downloads is, ugh, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. But I know that's a another area where I just can't police the internet. And I really want to. I really wish I could. And actually, I just wanted to uh, clarify that last last night, Joy and I both saw the Eliza Schlesinger show. We didn't see it together, kind of ironically. We, Brandon and I, so if you guys don't know Eliza Schlesinger, she is a comedian. She's very, very funny. She has some great Netflix specials. Elder Millennial. I'm pretty sure the oxytocin from watching that Netflix special put me into labor. Like I laughed myself into having Evie because I watched a ton. I just like binged a ton of Eliza like two days before she was born. So Brandon and I had bought tickets to the show in November of 2019. The original show was supposed to be March 2020. Obviously, nothing happened in March 2020 that any of us had planned. So it's been rescheduled. I think this was the third date they had rescheduled it for. And so we finally got to go see it last night. The true crime comment I actually just wanted to say was I think made by her opener, whose name is Laura Peak. So check out Laura Peak. Oh, good call. Yep. 
Instagram because she was really funny. There were moments in the show where I was like, oh my God, Joy and I can be comedians. <laughs> Because we talk about these things and we're so funny. Like they, when one of the ones was, you know, waking up in the morning, like trying not to get too muscular when you work out. And it was like, yeah, my biggest fear is waking up in the morning and be like, oh my God, look at these abs. What do I do? What do I do with these washboard abs? Yeah. She was right. really funny. Ridiculous. She was, was really, like, I've been really saying funny. This. Like you don't just wake up in the morning. And you're like, oh shit, I got jacked. How mm-hmm. did this happen? No, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Liza had a whole bit about TikTok and about how like the dancing and it's just like all TikTok is, is monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're not wrong, though. You're like, not what, is, what is a trend if not monkey see, monkey do? Like, mm-hmm. it's literally tr- things that trend are just content repetition. You know, what did she say? Yeah. She was like, it's um right. It's not you're not creating. You're just repeating. Exactly. Yeah. And so she really, but she's like, I'm addicted to watching it, but she's also very, that's kind of, that's what I love about her. And that's kind of what I love about certain artists like Beyonce and Taylor Swift is they don't use, I mean, they're a whole different level. They're a whole different level of success, but at the same time, like, I think we need to be mindful of that. I think sometimes that's why I'm not as active on social media, like posting, because it's that weird fine line of like trying to make a brand, but also wanting to live your life and not get caught up in this weird loop of of wanting people to like what you post. It's and so like weird. Contentizing your life. Yes. Yeah. Which I get it. Like I get the like just the superficial stuff, but like on a deeper level, I'm just like, I just don't want to get sucked into the dopamine hits of being of like, how many likes do I have today? Like that feels really weird to me. And what she said about TikTok, I thought was like super fascinating about how people just got so into the dancing and how people just start to repeat. And then you just get into this loop where you just cannot think for yourself. And I, I, so I will always kind of watch to see what she's doing on social media, which kind of sounds like a, like a hypocrite, hypocritical thing to say. But I mean, we really will just to be like, oh, yeah. I, I love to see her take on things because she will also kind of talk to her followers about, you know, maybe something she saw on social media and have a stance about it. And it kind of almost wakes me up to be like, yeah, I can't, I can't like fall into this rabbit hole of social media likes and making sure. The other thing that she brought up was around how people just don't communicate with each other. You know, in the past, in the olden days before social media, we couldn't be passive. We we couldn't be passive aggressive over a text. We couldn't be passive aggressive or in a post. Less, right. Over a post. Like a text even would be direct. Sure. You can't sure, be sure, passive sure. aggressive yeah. by like a status update. The, the best we had were away messages. You could do a passive aggressive away message and that was it. And unless somebody IM'd you while you were on MSN live or MSN messenger live, MSN messenger at 9 PM on a Tuesday night, they were not going to see your away message about, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer and be like, oh my God, her and Becca are totally in a fight. I know this is about, I know this is about the breakup with Travis. Yeah. And in junior high, you had people do it for you. Like I'd have my friends break up with my boyfriend for me. I'd be like, I don't like him anymore. More. So it was, that was really interesting too. Cause I'm like, Ooh, I can, I have sometimes done that. And I didn't, you know, I'm like, that just, that's so weird because you like just hope the person sees it. And then like, this must be about me. And it's just like, but really the thing is because we get so angered, like, like I, the things that I have passive aggressively posted is because I don't know the person really well that I'm passive aggressive over. It's more of like an, a global message of like, why are people following diet culture bullshit still? So then I will like passive aggressively post against it. But it's so it's just uh, what I come down to all the time when I see crap that makes me really angry is I'm like, oh, this will always be here. And I just can't I just can't give it my attention. I can't give it my attention. So 
I just loved what she had to say about that. She was, it was a really great show. If you have the, ch- the chance to see her live, her, and I'm guessing, I like, I know that her, all of the materials she did for us last night, I'm sure we'll end up in a Netflix special because it was really good. She's so great. It was really funny. Okay. Speaking of, speaking of Instagram people that I like to follow, <laughs> speaking of not uh, living your life, not living and dying by social media, but using it as a tool for good. The other account that I'm really enjoying right now is the official Madam Adam. It's not, it's just at official Madam Adam. I'm just obsessed. Yeah. Madam Adam's pronouns are he, they, he, they. I am still learning how to use pronouns. And I know this is this is a me learning thing. I'm not asking for advice. I'm not telling anyone they need to help me with this. But the gendered, singular, non-gendered, plural, you know, like JVN talked about this on a... Getting curious. Like, no, wasn't getting curious. Queer Eye. Come on. Queer, queer Eye. Okay. Where he was like, where he said, oh, my pronouns are he, they. And, you know, you can go kind of go by either one. So anyway, Madam Adam's pronouns are he, they. He, they. He is a... I think Javian is he, reader. she, they. That's what he said. He, she, they. Oh, okay. He, she. And I, okay. yeah, that's a good question of, of which one to use when. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Madam Adam is a tarot card reader who is just so sassy. Oh. And you guys know how I feel about tarot cards. Not into them, but I still do love these. I think he's really big on TikTok, but he's coming into Instagram as well. I don't, I don't TikTok, but. Um, I appreciate that. I appreciate that all the good stuff on TikTok eventually ends eventually up. Eventually ends up to Instagram. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. So if you guys need another just kind of wholesome follow. I actually emailed Madam Adam to see if he'd come on the show. (gasps) Oh, that'd be fun. Haven't heard yet, but we'll see. TBD. Yeah. Okay. So Joy and I this morning got together in real life, did a little, speaking of content, did a little content creation. There's this super cute uh, photo studio near my house in Longmont where you can rent it out on an hourly basis. And it's meant for photographers to like rent out to do like family photo shoots or brand shoots or whatever. But we just showed up with our iPhone and, and Joy's little tripod ring light. And it has such good natural light. Like it's super cute. The, the woman who owns it, like is really great at styling it. And so we just did our own kind of little DIY photo shoot. And it was the first time that Joy and I had seen each other in real life. When was the last time we saw each other in real life? I literally don't remember. It w- I think it was over the summer. It had to be when we did something with Jess, I'm sure. Yeah. Because the I three of us probably got we- together for breakfast. I'm sure, you know, it was, it was in- probably at Just Be. And I think that was in like April of last year. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Because we kept meeting. To, it was like, oh, we were going to get together for Jess's birthday. And then we were going to get together for your birthday. And then we were going to get together for my birthday. And then we were going to get together to celebrate our new jobs. And none of that ever happened because everyone kept like people kept getting COVID. That's or right. Because like, COVID. Yeah. That thing with COVID. the C word. Yeah. And so we've been meaning to talk about this. It just sort of comes up occasionally that people always ask, how do you enjoy, first of all, they're like, how do you, how do you know each other? How does it work to like do something like a podcast with someone you're so close with? And for those of you who have been listening for a long time, you guys know that Joy and I didn't really know each other that well before we started podcasting. The joke is always like, I don't even know how Joy had my phone number. Like that's how casual our friendship was. And not even friendship, our like acquaintanceness was. We went to the same gym, but we didn't even go to the same workouts. We would like see each other on a Saturday partner workout every couple of weekends. And, but we both had blogs at the time that were kind of like lifestyle fitness blogs. And our gym owner, TJ, not to be because of JT, who is Joy's dog, TJ, who owned the gym we both went to, would sometimes like send out a newsletter and he would like link to one of our blog posts. And it was very cute. He was like so supportive. 
And so we knew that we each other had blogs. And so Joy one day texted me and was like, hey, do you want to start a podcast? And here we are nine years later. I think a big piece of that is that since we didn't have a close friendship before we started the podcast, we weren't worried about like ruining a friendship by going in on this project together, which I know can be very touchy if you're like starting any sort of project with somebody that you're close with. It's like, well, what if we have a difference in opinions? What if, you know, I like whatever happens, we've been really lucky. Like it's just worked out so well. Our personalities turns out are like really great with, you know, in, in our lifestyles and like the stuff that joy has time for that. I don't have time for and the yeah. stuff that I know how to do that. Like joy doesn't know how to do. Super complimentary in yeah, a very weird way. Yeah. In a way that like we couldn't have planned. No. And also now nine years in somebody, people sometimes are like, how do you fit it in? I'm like, it's just part of my life. It's like, brushing right. my teeth. Like, right. You just do, or it's like taking, you're remembering to put the trash out once a week. Like we just remember to, like, we just podcast once a week. It just is part of what we do for, you know, literally almost nine years. So for a quick bunny trail, I was thinking this morning as I was brushing my teeth, I wonder if we are the longest continuing, like the longest continually podcasting indie podcast. (gasps) That's a good, you know, I often wonder that. I often wonder if we're the longest. Yeah, we're up there. We with are. indie pod, like with non-network podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. longest that con- have like the longevity. Yeah, every single week, no right. breaks. Right, no seasons. Right, not we're not talking about like the people who release four episodes every quarter. Right, right. Uh, you know, someone who started maybe five years before us, but then they stopped. Like, like even we're like podcasts. Talk- like, you know, there have been yeah. long stretches where they didn't release anything, yeah. and then they come back and do a reunion, and yeah. like, the guys all kind of have like their own project right. projects going on. But like that as a platform or a barbell shrugged, which I don't even know what those guys are doing anymore. I don't either. Other than ayahuasca. (laughs) And (laughs) I said it and I'm not taking it back. I said what I said. I I said what I said. Can't deny it. (laughs) I do love those guys. They've never been anything like so great to us. But just like, come on. They do a lot of ayahuasca. (laughs) Um, Just those. So anyway, I just, I was wondering that, but. The other thing that it always brings up is like, I live about 45 minutes north of Joy, which is too far to drive once a week in the middle of the week. Yeah. Especially for someone like Joy, who doesn't really like driving far. And someone like (laughs) me, who doesn't have time to drive far. Yeah. Like, I don't have time before or after work or on the weekends. Like, I have to make sure my kids don't die. And Joy is kind of a homebody. (laughs) Well, you know what? I was thinking about it today too. Well, it was interesting because I was thinking today is like now that I've been working and now I get it when you were working from home, now that I don't drive anywhere, I'm like, it actually is fine to drive. Like I'm starting to feel how people were feeling like during the pandemic when they were home all the time or you'd be like, I really want to get out of my house and I want to drive 30 minutes to my gym. I'm at that point where I'm like, Oh, no biggie. I don't drive anywhere. I don't have like any, unless it's snowing, obviously. I'm like, whatever. But I am starting to get that feeling of like, yeah, let's go. Let's go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, let's Turning over a new leaf. But it, but it works out because like neither one of us like are, you know, secretly irritated that the other one doesn't want to meet in person. <laughs> and we have this long, like pretty close friendship that, and also with Jess, our friend Jess, who we always talk about, which one day maybe we'll have her on the podcast where we really only see each other a couple times a year, even though we don't live that far. And I think this is more common than we think. And like, I also have long distance friends, like my closest best friend who I have been friends with since high school hasn't lived in Colorado since high school. She moved out of state for college and has never come back. 
And so even though she is my closest best friend, I have not lived in the same state as her since I was 18. So way more than half our friendship, she has been in another state. And I've only seen her a couple of times a year when she comes home for holidays, or maybe I'll go out to visit her, you know, every other year or so. I have close friends you know, in Minnesota and in Utah and, you know, but also in Denver who I just, you know, don't get to see all that often. And I know you do too. You have super close girlfriends in Arizona, super, you know, like we all have these friendships that even before the pandemic and especially with the pandemic, we figure out how to keep them close without seeing each other in person. I, we get, we do get asked about that a lot and we've been posting about it a little bit more on our Instagram story. So I posted this morning, like we had this, this studio session and I was like, oh, we, you know, we've actually seen each other in real life. We only see each other a few times a year. And I got a couple messages that were like, how, how do you make that work? So I don't know if I have any like tips, but I will tell you, we will tell you sort of what the behind the scenes of our friendship looks like. And I always think back to this time that Brandon, this was years ago, Brandon made this joke of like, you and Joy have this just ongoing conversation 24 seven. And the podcast is just like an hour long snippet of it of that it, you yeah. record. Yeah. Cause like the, te- we're texting every single day. And I feel like that every single friendship is different. So there's certain types of friendships that, you know, people need different things. So what works for one friendship isn't going to work for another, like, it's not a universal formula. But I know there's some friends that I'll rarely hear from. But every once in a while, they'll say hi, even that my close friends like that I consider close friends in Denver. And I think the pandemic changed a lot for just people being more isolated and homebodies. And that's fine. And I respect that because I'm kind of feeling the same. But I think it just the ebb and flow too of how friendships can change and evolve. Some of my friends will do like Marco Polo every day. And some of my friends will text every day. And I think that it just kind of depends on like what you need and the the effort you put into it. So it's like, I'll always feel the pull to like check in with you every day. I'm like, what's going on? I just like can't all of a sudden podcast with you without talking to you throughout the week. So I think like there's levels of being really involved. And I think that will change over time too. But like I think about the past nine years of all the different things that we've been through individually or like the moves or whatever. And it's just like, but I think the commitment and also that this has never been a job job, like it's never been something that we've had to like, keep afloat, and you don't have like those pressures right. on it. So I think that makes it on it to pay our bills makes it totally different, too, because there's not a lot of pressure. I mean, granted, we've always had that like wonder if we like really, really put the heart and soul into it. But it also feels like that is what keeps the like the longevity of it is there isn't that pressure and it fits into our yeah. lives at certain stages of our lives. Like we go through different things where you don't always have the time to like make it your job. And it's interesting too, because I honestly think if it weren't for the podcast, w- there's no reason that we would have stayed in touch after I left Denver. There's no reason we would have ever gotten as close as we are because like our lifestyles have very little in common and our lives have very little in common. We don't have all that many of the same interests apart from, you know, general healthy lifestyle interests. But I think like, you know, when I think of my other friends who are out of state or just who are longer distance, it is about keeping them in the loop. And, you know, even if it's only a couple texts a month, just like, Hey, this meme made me think of you. How are you doing? And sometimes I will just send a meme and then send like a two paragraph update where I'm like, I know that this is not bothering you. I know that you might not write back and that's fine. But I also know 
that if I wait for like an established time to talk to you about this, I'm never going to send it. And so I'll send like a two paragraph update, like, Hey, this may, may made me think of you. We're doing great out here. Miles just started kindergarten and, you know, he's learning how to read and Brandon started a new job and I'm about to start, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll just like heart it. And then like 10 days later, they'll send me something and be like, great to hear from you. Here's how our lives are going. And like, you kind of just hit the ball back and forth across the net forever. And then every once in a while, you will have a chance to kind of talk a little bit more, you know, in an actual conversation, or maybe you'll get on FaceTime. Maybe I can't Marco Polo. I just can't. I don't like it. I finally learned. Yeah. It's just like another channel that I have to manage and I right. there's too many. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that works really well for some people. And so, yeah, I think it is just about like keeping that loop, keeping them in like your mental awareness of like, oh, if something interesting happens, I'm going to reach out to them. Or if something funny, I see something funny, I'm going to share it with them. And, you know, so that they kind of have that moment of like, oh, this made Claire think of me. That's so cute. Okay. I'm yeah. going to go about my day, but like, right. just, I have that ping that like I'm on her mind yeah. and that's going to keep her them on my mind. And I think it's just interesting, you know, that we have these, now that we have these like such instant forms of communication, you know, you're not sending a letter. Like imagine, you know, coordinating a visit by letter. Oh my God. To be like, I will be there in the spring. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Connection has really evolved. I just had this flash of, I told you guys, I used to write missionaries all the time because I was friends with tons of Mormons in my high school and was friends with a lot of guys who went on to serve their mission. And we would, I mean, they aren't allowed to call um, and cell phones weren't a thing back then. And so, or at least we didn't have them. And I would write letters to them every week or every month. And we would actually, we started... um, I would record messages on a cassette tape and I would talk to them throughout the day. I mean, that's like the old school Marco Polo. I actually invented Marco Polo, guys. And I would record (laughs) tapes and send them tapes of my day and then they would record them back. And it was just like, I still remember that of like the ways that you would communicate and stay in touch with people. And I'm someone who finds I am really, really like it's important to me to maintain contact with people that I love, like really important. So I'm always kind of like, I have some type of like touchstone of what's going on with the people I want to keep in touch with. But it took me some time to learn that some of my friends just don't have that bone. So if I don't hear from them, it's not like I used to get really like emotional or sensitive about that, like back in my 20s. And then I, I learned like, oh, some people just don't keep in touch as much as I do. They don't have that like bone in their body to be like, yeah, let me text you every day or let me send you a letter. Or, let me send you a card or whatever. So I I do the same thing like you do. So every once in a while, I'll be like, if I'm thinking of somebody, I'll just send them a text message. And I know that I'm not going to get a response for a while. And it's just like, you kind of have to, are, are you friends? I, I've, I've noticed this about myself too. Like I don't have a lot of friends that like I get into conflict with or like that I feel like I can't talk about difficult things with. Meaning like I don't really get into like fights with friends. And then I also, I say that because Eliza brought that up too last night of like how you should be able to like just call things out. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I like have friendships like that. But I also don't, let me put it this way. I have a couple friends, like other friends who are friends with people. Like let's, let's use an example. One of my like hometown friends is friends with a girl who gets really upset with her all the time over things where I'm like, what? Like, I don't, I don't understand why she's upset. Like the, when she tells me why so-and-so is upset, I'm like, really? That just sounds like exhausting. And 
they maintain that friendship. But in my mind, I'm always like, I wouldn't put up that shit. That's exhausting. Like, <laughs> I just don't, I don't like, I don't hang out. I don't associate with people like that. So I think that's an interesting thing too, to know of like, oh, I've chosen friendships that are like pretty cut and dry, pretty easy to maintain. I don't really put up with drama. <laughs> like, I know. I can't think of like a single friend or even a single interaction where I've been like in an ongoing fight with a friend. Like maybe I'll have one conversation where it's like, hey, you did this thing or you said this thing. And I, you know, I didn't, I hate something was wrong, you know, whatever, it rubbed me the wrong way or it was inappropriate or, you know, whatever. And it's like, oh, okay, well, let's talk about it for a minute. And then let's smooth it over and move on with our lives. Yeah. I have friends like that too, where they have a couple people in their lives who like are just always kind of irritated with them. And they're like, oh, well, I really, you know, me and this person are just not on good terms right now. I'm like, what do you mean you're not on good terms right now? It just, yeah. I don't know. I, and I get, I get it if there was like some higher layer of complication where I could see like a true reason for a conflict. But the reasons that if we're talking like one to 10 scale, this is like a two for me, or I'm like, that's really not that big of a deal. That feels like petty drama. And yet, this friend will continue to kind of like smooth things out, which then makes me a little annoyed because I'm like, why do you put up with this shit? But whatever. It's like, okay, if you want to, if you want to do that, that's your life. I just don't do that with close friendships. And if, if people like that come into my orbit, I'm quickly like, oh, I'm out. I'm out. I'm taking myself out of this group chat. <laughs> just gonna go for a walk and not come back. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break to talk about our favorite people in the whole in the whole wide world. Are we ready to uh, revisit some Ned? I'm always ready. All I right. love I love Ned. I recently re-upped on some Mellow, their magnesium drink powder. It's so just delicious and calming. I don't know what's going on with my body lately, but I've been getting like wild restless legs and restless arms. Have you ever had restless legs? No, I've had restless legs, but not restless arms. Imagine that in your arms. God, it's the worst. Oh, wow. I like Like, lay in bed and I feel like I have to do like wacky, wavy, inflatable arm. Wow. Yeah. Horrible. Like I'm getting it right now. Just thinking about it. I had terrible restless legs when I was pregnant. They like kind of started coming back and then I've been getting restless arms. And the only thing that helps is magnesium powder and CBD. Those are the only two things. Like I have tried so many things out wow. there. I have tried like Epsom salt baths. I have tried all the, th- you know, compression, lotions, like yeah. compression. I've eaten bananas. I've done high, you know, made sure I'm hydrated. Like I've done all the things. And the only two things that help are magnesium, like a drink mix in, you know, and, or supplements and CBD. When I was pregnant with Evie, I had such bad restless legs. I didn't sleep like for weeks. And then I started taking CBD, which there's no data on about CBD and pregnancy. It's up side to you note. to make side note. Yes, this is not a doctor's your... recommendation. Please discuss these types of choices with your, with your doctor, medical Thank professionals. You. But I did take it when I was pregnant and it, it was the only thing that worked for my restless legs. So just a fun little tip. I've been using the mellow and it really helps if you struggle with like moderate restless limb problems. Yep. Check this out. Check it out. And I have been loving the de-stress blend. And you know that I love the sleep blend. So last night when we... So here's a great example of how I use the de-stress blend or the sleep blend. Both kind of have the same effects on me. The sleep one's a little more intense just for sleeping, obviously. But I got home later than my bedtime last night. And of course, I'm like, you know, really big on my sleep. So the second I got home, I was like, "Ooh, I need to take some Ned because that will really like wind me down quickly versus me laying there trying to like wind down. Because especially after a show, you're like all amped up, you're socializing, you're out on the town. 
And so the second I got home, I took some Ned and then washed my face, got in bed, and I was out and had a great night's sleep. So you guys know that we love Ned and we truly believe in their products. Not only are they great people, but these are really quality products that you can trust. If you'd like to give Ned a try, Joy and Claire listeners get 15% off Ned products with code JOY. Visit helloned.com forward slash joy to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash joy to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Yay. And we're going to have the Ned founders on a show. Don't forget. Yep. Um, we are interviewing them in a couple of weeks. So if you have any questions specific to CBD or even specific to, you know, starting a small business or running a wellness brand, send them to us. Yeah. This is Ryan Claire at gmail.com. We would love to ask them your questions. Okay. So what's next? We have been chatting a little bit also behind the scenes about some healthy lifestyle choices. Um, about some different lifestyle choices, and if we want to get murdered, we if should we, t- we should talk about we should talk about health and wellness. Oh my gosh, <laughs> diet diets. No, I'm just kidding. No, we're not talking about diets. <laughs> well, but so a couple weeks ago, I like what maybe the second week of January. Joy it was texted, a month ago actually because I've been tracking okay. the days. Yeah, thirty one days ago. <laughs> Jess and I, and was like, I believe in accountability, and so I'm letting you guys know that I'm giving up alcohol for a month because I just am relying and not relying on it. I'm just like using it too much. And I don't like that I'm using as much as I am. And I want to just see what life is like without it. And I responded, cool. I am three weeks into a whole 30. So I also (laughs) have not alcohol. And so, you know, just to let you guys know, it's possible to do a whole 30 and not talk about it. But also I know that a lot of people- And not post it on Instagram. I know. A lot of people found this podcast originally because we did that whole 30. Yeah. So I don't regret doing that. And I personally, as you guys know, I love macros. I do them for a couple weeks every year. I do love the whole 30. I think it really helps me find a a new baseline or like kind of come back to the diet and diet as a noun, not a verb, the diet baseline that I want to have, which is- majority whole foods, majority cooked from scratch. That is, you know, something that I personally value. And so it's not about really cutting out food groups, although I already am lactose intolerant. And so I should not be eating as much dairy as I normally do anyway. Um, But it's not about cutting out grains or whatever. It's about having those kind of meat and vegetable focused meals at the top of my mind. And it also helps me remember to plan out my meals and to plan out my day of eating. I'm more likely to eat more when I'm tracking macros or on something like a whole 30, because I'm paying a lot more attention to what I'm eating. My biggest problem when it comes to my diet, and again, diet as a noun, not as a verb diet, meaning the collection of foods that I eat is that I don't pay enough attention to it. And there, then I get to the end of the day or even the end of the week and just feel so worn down because I'm not eating enough. And if I'm paying more attention, whether it's through counting macros or whether it's through something like the whole 30, I eat a lot more. And this is consistent for me in any diet I've ever, you know, any way of eating I've ever tried um, is that the more awareness I have around it, the more I remember to actually eat. Right. And I also thought it was interesting. So anyway, that's the whole 30. I also thought it was interesting when you brought up alcohol. And I don't know if I just, people are going to start hating me because I'm always like, that's never been an issue for me. 
Like, I feel like I say that every time diet culture things come up where I'm like, yeah, body comparison has never been a huge issue for me or getting into a diet and not being able to get back out has never been a huge issue for me, blah, blah, blah. But alcohol has never been a huge issue for me. Like I can kind of go in and out of it however I want. And I think also when you are someone who has gone through pregnancies, giving up alcohol kind of loses its like uh, drama because it's like, oh yeah, I've done this for years at a time already as an adult. Whereas a lot of people I think kind of don't ever give up alcohol for more than, you know, like I've gone between pregnancy and breastfeeding, what, close to a year and a half at a time where it just like wasn't an option. So talk about how how it's been. Are you going to, so it's been 31 days now. Are you going to go back? Well, I really hesitated of like how I wanted to talk about this on the podcast because it kind of feels a little charged and there's so many emotions around it for people. And I certainly, I've been talking to a couple of friends who, stop drinking alcohol. And I was like, yeah, I saw you post about this last year and I hated you for it because I was like, oh God, someone else going alcohol free. Like I I just, it, it like was very annoying for me to see all these people just like giving up booze. But I'm like, oh, that's interesting that, you know, it just is a testimony of like, hey, wherever you are in life, that's where you are. You don't need to compare and everyone's got their own journey. So let's just leave it all alone. So one day, just the kind of nutshell version, and I'll probably just keep talking about this as it evolves, but one morning, so I, I, I am like a, I'm a pretty light drinker, like relatively speaking, if I, if you were to kind of compare it and I, I don't love the, you know, in behavioral health, there's kind of a spectrum of like what kind of drinker you are. And we go through a whole screening of how much substances you use and how many drinks you have per week. And so I always knew like the barometer and I knew the baseline of what was like a heavy drinker versus a mild to moderate drinker versus a light drinker. So having all that knowledge, of course, I was like, well, it's I'm not, I don't really have a problem. But I noticed during the pandemic that I was drinking every day. I started drinking every day. It just became like an afternoon habit. And then it started to just get a little bit earlier. I was like, oh, four o'clock. Okay. You know, that was just something that I would, it was And it wasn't a lot. I'm not going to say like exactly what I was drinking or how much, but it was definitely like relatively speaking, not a lot. However, when I started noticing that I was looking forward, like in a very desperate way, I was looking forward to that time of day, almost to a point of like that anticipation. And everybody knows that feeling if you've ever had anticipatory like dopamine, where either whether it be shopping or food or something that you're looking forward to, you get that hit when you anticipate it. And I started getting that pretty strongly and I would still drink and then whatever, I'd feel guilty. So it was more the, the roller coaster of emotions that go along with it. And then afterwards I'd feel guilty, which is kind of a cycle of a little bit like of a disorder. And I would, and then, so one morning I woke up and I was so sick of my own shit. Meaning I woke up just being like, I am sick of feeling this way. I'm sick of anticipating it, feeling guilty for drinking it, and then having like a shame spiral afterwards. So I just woke up one day and I texted my friend who I knew had been, who had not been drinking for a year. And I texted her and was like, I am so sick of this. Like, I need to stop drinking and I need to tell someone about it. (laughs) And so she was like, yep, great. And actually, I texted two friends because they have been alcohol free for about a year. And they're like, yep, I hear you. Here's what helped me like stop. And so it's called the alcohol experiment. I'm sure everybody knows about it. It's there's a book called The Naked Mind. There's a podcast called The Naked Mind Podcast. There's a million and one different resources. This just happened to be something that I could get on board with. And it just kind of lead you through 30 days of not drinking. So 
as I've been going through this, I mean, A, it kind of makes me realize that habits really just take some time and patience. B, I was extremely irritable because I did no, I no longer had like the dopamine hit from the anticipation. And C, holy crap, did I feel better. And that was the thing that I hated hearing people talk about. Because I was like, I don't drink that much. Like, what do they feel? Like, how much better are you going to feel? You know, I just was super, super skeptical about it. And also because I don't think I was ready to like let it go. So I was just continuing to try to be like, whatever, whatever. Like, dismiss, dismiss, dismiss. Because I still wanted to drink what I wanted to drink. And so then when I started cutting it out, I super clear thinking, like sharp, 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 sharp mind to where I felt like, you know, if you could just have like this haze lifted off of your world. And I was like, oh my gosh, I actually can like think and use my brain. And my sleep has been phenomenal. And I'm a pretty good sleeper, but man, am I getting good sleep. Like, so, and then on top of that, I just don't feel, I don't like the feeling really like and so learning about it and learning what alcohol does to your body things that I kind of knew about but just kind of relearning this in a different context has been really really helpful for me so that's and I don't call it sobriety I don't know why I just feel like I don't there's no there's no label or negativity associated with that I want to make that clear I think it's just more of like I don't want people to think I'm on this like heroic journey of sobriety I think that's something that is completely different that I am just like doing something that right that doesn't felt identify like it, with what this experience is. No, and I I also kind of think like yeah, there's a there's a lot of different like I think labels that people can put on it and I don't think any one is bad, but for me I think I'm trying not to take I I'm having a hard time being like, oh, look at me. Like, I don't want praise for it. It's just more of like I saw a problem. I didn't like how I was feeling and I wanted to do something about it. And I also found that Alcohol is a real big piece of our lives in the world. You know, I started thinking, like, immediately started noticing, like, oh, I have these two events coming up, and, like, I have to explain why I'm not I'm not drinking. It turns out, like, nobody really cares. <laughs> like, if the people who matter just are like, oh, okay. And, you know, then on the added, like, motivation for me is I'm donating bone marrow very soon, and so you can't drink for that. And that was something that initially when they told me that I couldn't drink during bone marrow donation, I was like, uh, like really? Like, can I have like one drink? You know, that's, I was starting to bargain with that. So that was about 31 days ago. We're recording this by the time this goes out, it'll be like 35 days. And so I don't plan to drink anytime soon. And that's really where I'm going to leave it for now. So if anybody has questions or like wants to know, I'll, I'll link the alcohol experiment in the show notes. It's an app. It's a really great, helpful app that you can put on your phone and they do lessons every day, like 10 minute lessons, like totally doable. And that is my story about alcohol. All right. We all know <laughs> Joy hates label. I hate a label. And but the other thing is I've been and people will argue with this too. But I don't I don't really see this as a big deal. I've been like really loving my kombuchas and my alcohol free beers. So I've been drinking a lot. Not a lot. I've been drinking occasionally like an alcohol free beer. And I'm like, oh, interesting how just the taste of it and not really necessarily wanting to feel anything associated with it is like enough to be like satisfy that I don't know net need in my head. Uh, I know there's a lot of like opinions about it, but just for me, that's kind of like been a fun hobby to be like, oh, what kombuchas are good? And like, what alcohol free beers are out there? And man, there's a lot of companies that make alcohol free beers. It's really pretty cool. So that's my latest adventure. And Scott, of course, loves to help me find those. 
Yes. Well, I mean, between your like love of beverages and Scott's love of finding things, ta- yeah, of like a task that can be solved by yep. buying things. Oh yeah. If he like can like scavenger in a around town. Yeah. I could see him coming home with like a whole bag, just clanking of yep. little insulated tote full of oh, beverages. Yeah. yeah. Which by the way, my favorite so far is Untitled Art is the brand and they have a great alcohol-free beer. Actually a whole like a series of them and then athletic brewing company is another really good one it's just like fizzy and kind of tastes like hops it's kind of like drinking hop water yeah hop tea yeah hop tea yeah i think it's i think it is interesting like how loaded that choices in our society that like you can't it feels like you can't just sort of decide you want to or decide you don't want to like it has to be like a statement it's like it doesn't always have to be a statement yeah and that's kind of where i've been like i don't even know if i want to post about it i'll talk about it but i don't want to be like and know. for some people it is, right? You know, I yeah. think that this is like, this kind of gets into the um, the conversation that we sometimes have around any sort of declaration of like, I think an example we've done in the past is people who are like, I took my shirt off in the workout today and, you know, I want to exactly. post about it. And you're like, you don't have to post about it. But for some people, like that is a postable worthy moment that it right. took so much for them to get there and they want to recognize it. And for for other people, it's like, hey, this was a choice I made. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it doesn't really feel like it's worth shouting mm-hmm. about and not worth, but, you know, it's, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but just, I don't them. feel the need to yeah. call attention to it. And yeah. for each person, it's, it's different. It's and different. I also think there is a, I agree with you that they, I think there's a big difference between sort of choosing not to drink versus quote unquote being sober. Yes. I feel like sobriety is a whole community. Yes that yes is you know there's something very sacred in that word that's kind of where i'm like i just i'm not gonna but the but the thing i want to make clear and i work in behavioral health guys so like i know what goes into addiction and recovery and i think where i'm going with is i very much honor that that is a very hard journey and i guess what i'm doing is comparing myself where i'm like hey i didn't have like an addiction that needed a medical supervision to, to to go off of that substance you know like i didn't I had a pretty mild experience stopping drinking. I think that's what I'm saying is like, I don't really want to be like, oh, I'm sober because it's just, that is such a difficult thing to go through that I didn't experience on that level. Right. Great. Keep us posted. Okay. I will. Yeah. So the next week, uh, I will, I think I feel comfortable sharing them. I'm going to be donating bone marrow next week. So by the next I don't know. Maybe we'll record while I'm sitting in the chair because I'll need to do something. (laughs) So maybe the next episode you'll hear me in a hospital bed. (laughs) Want to do that, Claire? Yeah. So as you, (laughs) if you guys have been listening, sure. If you guys have been listening and following us since what, probably November, October was when you first were contacted. Your donation date has been scooted back a couple times based on the patient, the recipient's health. And so now you're finally given like the the brighter green light, at right. least than you were yeah. before. And yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah. Just keep keep this patient in your prayers and that the transplant goes smoothly. Um, but I'm going to be flying to Houston this weekend and with my mama. We are going to be donating some bone marrow. So again, if you want to look up where to register, there are your a couple mom's different not donating though. No, she's just going with oh, me. Oh, the way you yeah. said that, it sounded like your oh, mom was doing no. it too. You could take a buddy through Be the Match. So they like, if you have to travel for her, they like send yeah, your a, mom a buddy. The perfect person. Yeah, she's the greatest. She's the best person for that. And it was really funny because for a while, Scott's like, Do you want me to go? And I was like, and it, you know, with pets and everything, I'm like, uh, oh, just for two days, like, 
just stay home with pets, like hold down the fort. It's, it'll be a quick trip. So my mom's like, I'll go. And I was like, ah, I don't know if you really need to go. Like I can just do this on my own. My mom's like, you're not going alone. (laughs) Excuse me, Joy. Did you like put, my mom doesn't put her foot down for much. She was like, you're absolutely not going alone. Anyway, so you get to take a buddy, but if you are interested in joining a registry, you can sign up uh, at bethematch.org. And if you're too, right now the age range is 18 to 35 to join a registry. So if you cannot if you're outside of that age range, we had a listener write in that said you can also donate blood. She had a son who needed uh, platelets. And so donating blood is really in demand right now, if you can. So that's red going to the Red Cross website and seeing where you can donate blood. I know that that is really important as well. So be the match.org or going to the Red Cross. Okay, two things we have to address before we end because they have been taking up a lot of time in our DMs. The first one is the JVN air dry cream. Have you had a chance to form an opinion yet? Not yet. So I just bought this as, as you know, when we're recording, I just bought it yesterday. I went to Sephora, got a good haul of things and I bought the air dry by JVN hair. My friend Donna said that it's great. So I took her recommendation. I have not used it yet, but I will review it. I promise so far. I love the packaging and I love the feel of it so far. So good. Okay. All right. And now tell us about Love is Blind. So you oh finally gosh. started watching the new season of Love oh is Blind. Oh my gosh. Okay. Really quick recap, and then maybe we'll go into it at another time. But the recap, of, I'm like maybe five episodes in right now. And it is just as addictive and uh, trashy as the last season. Just as much of a wild ride. Oh my gosh. And you know what I realized? Okay. So the first season came out like right at the beginning of COVID, right? Yeah, which everyone was like, this is is perfect. This is only the second season. Yes. Okay. Only the second season, which I just have to say, I always love that Nick Lachey and his wife, what's Veronica? What's her name? (laughs) Vanessa. Vanessa. Um, I know that. (laughs) I know. I was like, Vanessa. So Vanessa and Nick, I love that they just waltz in for literally 30 seconds. And they're like, is love blind? And then you never see him again. And then you see him in Mexico when everyone's in Mexico. So they have like the best gig here because they are getting paid for 30 seconds of introduction introduction to the show. And then they just show up at a Mex- uh, Mexico vacation in Cancun. And I'm just like, they have the best gig that you never see them otherwise. That's the only time you see them. And then they're just never in the show. So the couples are interesting. I, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but it's just like the same characters as last season of kind of like the annoying blonde chick who's a blogger who they kind of make her sound really superficial. I want to know, like in real, in the real world, I'm like, she can't be that in love with herself. I mean, great. Self-love is great preach, but she's like really, you know, she's in the rooms being like, yeah, I have a lot of followers and like everybody wants to date me. And I'm just like, uh... Anyway, like no so, one says that in real life. No one says that in real life. But um, you agree. You think you're really pretty. You think you're really pretty. Um, you know, I guess that's not a bad so thing. So basically, they just like went back through the casting and were like, that totally. works. Get someone else like that. Totally. That yeah. But the other thing that I noticed is like they really rushed through like the first episode. They really rushed through the dating and like sifted out the couples that were going to be together. So like the rest of the episodes are about spending time afterwards and then the no, family the is the and then, part. yes and then well because they're kind of like talking through a wall you can't really i don't know i think it's interesting but then they do like the marriage and the wedding and the aftermath so the first episode everything goes really really fast the couples that kind of emerge what i find out too is like this experiment i get it but it's kind of like the bachelor or the bachelorette where it's like one in a million where this works out one in a million because 
it's you can see it right happen right in front of your eyes. The lust and the fantasy and the magical thinking about someone of just like how addictive that feeling is of just like this fantasy you make up about this person. And then when you meet them in real life, it's like, oh my gosh. And then you're on this reality show that just like makes it so special and glorious. And then real life sets in and then the shit hits the fan. And it's just like, so really what you're doing is just making this really grand over-exaggerated right. meeting. And then you find out that like, and then the same, can't load the dishwasher. The same shit happens as if you were just right. to like meet someone at a bar. So exactly. you don't need to go on this like, Great. There's. They, I love how they call it an experiment because they're like, this is an experiment. And like, can you just really fall in love with someone who's who you've never seen before? And you know, it's actually interesting because there is a. Um, and I also, I also think it's interesting. First of all, these are all cisgender males and females to, that I know of. That like from what they present, that's kind of like the the gist of the show is like the population is cisgender males, cisgender females. And then I don't think any of them that I've seen, I think one might be bisexual, but the other right, they're all straight. They're all the others are all straight. So it's like you're kind of dealing with like straight couples, but then the interesting piece that comes into it that I saw was an Indian couple finds each other and matches. And they talk a lot about arranged marriages of how like you don't ever see the person. I thought that was a really interesting take of like, yeah, I mean, culturally speaking, this is not new to their this families. It's not that weird. Right? No, it's not but that like- new to their, but it's also weird in the sense of like, it's being taped and their, their families are kind of like, yeah, that's weird. But like, so that piece I thought was really interesting that they kind of brought into the conversation. But like, overall, if you're kind of watching this from just like a, in general, how people meet and hook up with one another, it's... It's pretty rare that I think you're going to find somebody that you just like gel with. So I'll let you know how I feel about the second half, but I'm real excited to see who leaves who at the altar. I never got past the first couple episodes of the first season because I only thought the interesting part was the like the dating blind dating. And then once they met, I was like, Oh, this isn't funny. And like, this isn't fun anymore. Well, yeah, because like like, the dating pieces, everyone's like so flirty and fun and like joking. And then, and then like like, hard to watch because it's like, but, (laughs) but at the same time, haven't we all wished that like a bad first date would sit next to us at dinner? Oh God. If that's ever happened to you, please email us. A bad first date. Like, if like a yeah. bad first date has ever happened next to you at a restaurant or if you've ever like overheard or witnessed a bad first date that was not related. I mean, like, sure, if it happened to your friend or something, that's fine. But like, have you ever just like completely Oversaw. anonymously eardropped, like eavesdropped? Eavesdropped, yeah. Yeah. Let us know, like, please. Because that's it. what those first couple episodes feel like is that you are like a fly on a wall for a really awkward first date. Yeah. And, like, we have all wanted to be that person. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, that's really true because they, and you are just witnessing the, I mean, separately too, because they can't see each other. So they're just kind of in their head about this person. But I do find it interesting that after they get, they meet each other face to face, you can so tell who's truly attracted to one, one another physically and who's kind of like, uh, oh, <laughs> Wow, it's, it's great to so meet. so obvious. Like, they don't kiss. Yeah. Right. And they just kind of, like, hold hands. Like, let's take it slow. I'm like, no, if you're, like, really attracted, you'd be all over each other. Like, the people who are really, really, really intensely attracted, like, start making out the second they meet. They are, like, all over each other. Right. Versus, And like, then the ones who are kind of, like, like, they're, like. They get this, like, look on their face, like. Like the look that you get when you like accidentally drop a jar of pasta sauce in the supermarket and it's splatters everywhere and you're like, 
but like you don't want to make a big deal out of it because you want to you're wondering like if you can still walk away did totally. anybody else see totally it's <laughs> pretty much the exact thing that's happening mentally of, like, exactly oh, and they're like oh i'm on camera and i don't want to like we're gonna have to watch this video someday and i don't want to look like oh i'm disgusted i don't want to ruin my chances of being a tiktok influencer by blowing this guy off oh it's so great weird life we live yeah. you guys it's a weird world it's a weird world well, thank you for hanging us and hanging in there with us again this week. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Ned. Go to helloned.com forward slash joy. Use discount code joy for 15% off your order. Check them out. We love their products. We really, really trust them. And if nothing else, go buy yourself some hemp chapstick because it really is still just the best. It is. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at joyandclaire underscore. You can email us. This is joyandclaire at gmail.com. You can find us on our website, joyandclaire.com. You can find this podcast wherever podcasts are found. Please share us with a friend. Please tell a friend about us. That is how we grow our podcast. And it's really just so great to know that word of mouth is really so powerful when, and especially when it comes to podcasts, it is like the way to get new people because podcasting is a crowded pool these days. So everyone's peeing in it. (laughs) Everyone's peeing in the pool, except for us. As my mom says, it's hard being the only perfect ones. No. Um, So please share us with a friend and we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.